number three of the Rich Keefe Show here on WEEI. You can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Rich Keefe Show. You can call into the program, 617-779-7937. Watch the show on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash BostonWEEI. And if you miss any of the program, check out the podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we got our weekend review coming up and grab bag as well. But let's grab a call right now uh, on the Red Sox. we got John in the car. He joins us next. What's up, John? Keith, how are you? I'm very good. How are you? Good. So, I hated Larry Lucchino. I hated that miserable. <laughs> but I knew where, I knew the team was the most important thing in his mind. And you you don't have that anymore with this team. So, you have one of two things. It's either more conducive for them financially to lose than it is to win and host all the playoff games and actually – wreak the royalties of winning the World Series, or they're chopping the fat to sell the team if they're trying to spend even less money than they were last year. Now, I think we can all agree that they make too much money with that dump that everybody loves to glorify, like it's the like we're going to Mecca mm-hmm. and squeeze ourselves under those seats and stare at poles and everything else. So I don't think they're going to sell the team because they make too much money. So, unfortunately, we have to deduce that the Red Sox have somehow figured out they make more money losing than they do by winning. And I don't see how anybody is going to fix that problem if the only thing driving it is the checkbook. Yeah, no, it's tough because that's the thing is they're going to sell out the ballpark or close to it. People pay insane prices to it. They have, you know, that's all tied in with the TV deal, too. Like, they're they're making a lot of money off the Red Sox, and you just wonder, like, all right, how many years can you be this bad and still make a ton of money? It's like, well, if the payroll is down, then you probably still can. Uh, We'll get back to some of those comments, too. Uh, What Craig Breslow had to say today and Tom Werner and Sam Kennedy, all of them at Winter Weekend. But it is a Friday, so let's get to our weekend Review. It's certainly been a week. Every night, and you so need Brandon, to have a Brandon, 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 Brandon. Here's some of the best. Oh, she squashed made. her letterbox before lying next to Hey, how dare you? We can't say that. You squashed your letterbox. And worst moments. Your former host at Big Mush. It's the Rich Keefe Show's Week in Review. All right, of course, a big part of this week was the Gerard Mayo introductory press conference as uh, he and Robert Kraft were up there for about 40 minutes, opening statements, and then a long uh, Q&A, and they had a lot to say. And it was actually kind of interesting because uh, one of the questions, and this predates Bill O'Brien leaving for the Ohio State job, is uh, Gerard Mayo was asked about if they will be looking for an offensive coordinator. This question is for Gerard. Gerard, congratulations. Thank um, you. It's been reported in recent days you've set up interviews for a defensive coordinator position and special teams coordinator position. I'm curious if you'll open a search for an offensive coordinator, and if so, what traits and experience will you prioritize? That's a great question. Um, I would say, just like Thunder alluded to, everything's still under consideration. Um, Obviously, the staff that I've been working with isn't the staff that I've chosen, but everything's under evaluation. One thing I would say with all of my coaches, the number one thing is developing people. And with this generation, I mean, back when I first started playing, most of the time guys, you know, coach would say something and guys would do it. I think with this generation, it's about you have to show them that you care about them before you get into, 
you know, competency as far as X's and O's are concerned. And that's one thing I feel like with all my coaches, they should know the players. They should know the, the, their room better than I do. They're closer. Um, they're closer to those guys, and they have that day-to-day -day interaction. But to me, whether we're talking offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special teams coordinator, all that stuff is under eval. And my number one thing is I want to bring in developers. So pretty interesting listening back to it now, knowing the fate of Bill O'Brien. But he was asked straight up, will you look for an offensive coordinator? And he says... Obviously, the staff that I've been working with isn't the staff that I've chosen. So it seemed like the writing was on the wall then, and that ends up being the case. And we already had a sense that Gerard Mayo was going to be much more open, much more truthful than Bill Belichick was for the last 24 years. And so even though they didn't mention Bill O'Brien by name, I think you get the sense that, uh, yeah, he was done, and Gerard Mayo, they were not going to be working together. The other thing that jumps out about that response was this was one of many, many times in, to which Gerard Mayo referred to Robert Kraft as his nickname. That's a great question. Um, I would say, just like Thunder alluded to. Thunder. Thunder. So that kind of hijacked our show. We were very distracted by that. Fitzy and I on Wednesday were very distracted by the Thunder references. He never once called him Robert Kraft. He only called him Thunder the entire time. A nickname that we had never, nobody had ever heard that one before. That was very on the inside, but he made it all of a sudden very much on the outside. So then, Fitzy, nice job. Put the put this together. Uh, Thunder, I call him Young Thundercat. You know, has a has a young heart. Thunder. Thunder. Not a yes sir, not a follower. Fit the box, fit the mold, have a seat in the foyer. Take a number. I was lightning before the thunder. Thunder, feel the thunder. Lightning and the thunder. He's heading back from somewhere that he never should have been in the thunder roll in the thunder roll thunder 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 I'll tell you, I'm going to have a hard time getting over that, the uh, the Thunder thing. We'll see if it continues. We'll see if they're just going to – because Gerard Mayo is going to do a lot of uh, press conferences and interviews uh, all season long, right? I mean, how many times they, they speak multiple times during the week in press conference settings. They have the post game. They'll have the interview of the Greg Hill show. So uh, we'll see if they, if he continues that. Speaking of interviews that Gerard Mayo did, this also made uh, waves where right after the press conference, he did a bunch of one-on-ones, including Steve Burton from Channel 4, where maybe, perhaps, he sort of tipped his hand as to uh, where the Patriots are going to go with the number three pick. We're going to draft the best player. Oop, I'm sorry. Let me, let's go to the whole thing because that was, that was just his response. I want to hear the whole question because it's interesting to listen to Burton's question, which is very like open-ended, and then you see where Gerard Mayo goes with it. How excited are you for the draft? You got the third pick in the draft, yeah. and now it's on your shoulders. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. What I will say is this. We're going to draft the best player for a position that 
is very important. You put the pieces together. <laughs> so I think that means quarterback, but it also might not. It also might just be him kind of messing around. There's a lot of important positions. We had a few textures kind of point out if he says the best player at an important position, it probably can't be quarterback because the best you assume is going to go number one and then number two. So you'd be picking the third quarterback or you could take the number one wide receiver or you could take the number one left tackle as much as that would kill me, but you could. And those are also important positions. I just found it funny that Burton was like, hey, you got to be excited about the number three pick. And he's like, yeah, I'll tell you who we're taking. And you're like, wait, I didn't ask you who you were taking. I mean, I'm all ears. I'd love to know who you're taking, but that wasn't what he was what he was even asking. But still pretty funny. Also, speaking of coach uh, press conferences, this is an all-timer. So Todd Bowles of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was having his press conference as his Bucks are playing the Detroit Lions this weekend in the divisional round. And uh, not sure the reporter, not to, th- not to bury this reporter, I'm not sure they did their homework. Coach, uh, looking forward towards um, Detroit. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today, it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures we tend to talk to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure, but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? They got a dome. I don't um, no, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors, and we only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus, going under the thing, so we'll be okay. <laughs> it's still, I mean, that's an all-timer. I, this was early in the year, but when you come up with your best of, like, mic'd up or, or press conference moments or quotes, like sports quotes for the year, uh, so we gotta, we got to file that one aside. I think that is going to make the, uh, the 2024 one. Oh, my God. Because she, like, doubles down with it. She's like, it's 13 degrees. And then she's like, if you play in Detroit. Like, no, they're for sure playing in Detroit. That was that was a done deal. And then Bulls gives her the answer. He's like, well, they play indoors. But then he doesn't stop. And he's like, so really, it's just the 20 seconds until we get under the thing. He's like, and then at that point, we're good. So I'm not going to prepare the team for the walk from the bus to the stadium. Not going to do that. So that was fantastic. All right. Lastly, on uh, Thursday night, we had uh, both Hart and Fitzy in studio. So it was a, a three-man weave. And uh, you know Hart gets into a lot of Twitter beefs, the old tweet beefs. And this one, so this is a lengthy cut, but I think it's it's worth it, as Hart was fired up at somebody else this week on Twitter. Understand and it was that what- dude who called me a dick. Wow. Ouch. He did on Twitter. Ouch. Called it flat out and then told me to grow up. Oh. And then I that was like. That's a good line, though. Is it, though? I think so. Because I was like. I, I, it means nothing. Up. And it's like, you don't know me. Well, my like, response. Yeah, grow up. My response was, <laughs> if you think you're grown up and you act what it's act like to grow up, oh, yeah, I want no part of that. Yeah, Because you're a dink. Him. No, you smart. Absolute up. dink. Think Turn of you, the I table. Yeah, he got on it. Like, yeah. I don't want to be an adult Bam. if you're an adult. I know you are, but what am I? He basically just. He goes, you, it was clickbait. You don't believe that. And I was like, "Click who the F are you? First of all, it's not clickbait. Second of all, who the F are you to tell me what I believe? 
I believe I that. Like that. I believe Gerard Mayo I needs actually, to win the press conference. I actually believe Mayo winning the press conference would be to the benefit of his oncoming administration and just the Patriots at large right now because they of all the it. questions yeah. Yes, that, that have lingered and hovered around the organization the last couple of years. I understand they won six Super Bowls, but it's been a little weird oh, so the you last agree couple with years. Me. I do. That's not your opinion. You can't possibly believe it that, is. according to Robert Alvarez, one I don't, of your people I don't that engage you follow. In the, I don't engage in the mud. Well, he does. Okay, that's fine. And you know me. <laughs> I don't. I you know come you, at me. I, I'm returning volley. You, you, you love you, it. You lob it over the net. I'm coming back. Rich I, and I are not. I'm not trying to lump Rich in the same with no. you. Drag oh, he doesn't like either. He doesn't. No, engage. we don't play in the mud. <laughs> you can. guys no. do not engage. It's useless. Which I don't understand. People say that. That makes Andy, me a why crowd you, work comedian. Andy, like, <laughs> I don't want like. I you. It's tell called social media. Isn't that being social? Fat. Anybody fat? All right, there's a fat guy. No, like I didn't pick on him. Who's got an issue with their wife? Anyone? Who's having relationship difficulties? What do you do with hecklers? Well, you find a way to dismiss them or have them thrown out. Oh. <laughs> or you ignore them. <laughs> Call security? I go down there and I kick That's their That's like ass. blocking them on yeah. Twitter. Uh, I just respond. Oh, I don't block anybody. I've never blocked anybody. I've never blocked anybody, anybody either. Anybody. I, I mute a few people. Here's my take on it. I don't think usually, I, uh, you can I mute yeah. one guy. Yeah, based, muting helps. You, based but it's on, usually because they're annoying, not because they're attacking me. If you attack me... I like you. It brings energy. There's nothing better than waiting, like, for a pizza or <laughs> waiting to pick up. There's what? nothing Wait. better than waiting for a pizza. <laughs> no, listen, when you're waiting for a pizza. And arguing with strangers and, on social media. And, yes. and the Oscar goes to, there's nothing better than waiting for a pizza. No, on eating a pizza. When you have that time, seems better. When you have time to kill... Fighting Andy. with people on Twitter is the best. I think about other things you like, what will my legacy be? I wonder if my son is going to is a happy person. Well, I'd be remembered not like, die. <laughs> Oh, really, no. Robert Alvarez? I'm not a grown-up? You're, You're not, not a grown-up. You've never been grown. And guess what's coming after this? Yeah. Panda emoji. Yes. Figure that one out, Robert. Get to that sooner. Oh, I feel like I, oh, I used oh, it. Oh, really? I used Robert. it. Oh, you're telling me I'm not an adult? I'm sitting here waiting for a pizza screaming at the internet. With a guy I've never met who might not even be the person that he says. We don't know who any of these people are. Oh, I there. think he is, though. I'm I think he's proud of who he is. He shouldn't be, but he's proud of who he one is. Of the uh. main, one of the main reasons I don't engage in the There's nonsense. nothing better than waiting for a pizza. You guys cut me off. I didn't get to I finish. I think eating the pizza. Yeah, this is a fast-moving show, though, Har. We can't just be in these long pauses. I'm pretty sure we all know where that All right. There you go. That was last night. We had uh, Hart in for the whole show. Fitzy was in for... I think the last two and a half hours. I don't know if that clip is an example of the three of us should do a bunch of shows together or shouldn't. No, I would say should. I would say should. But again, it's kind of up to you. All right, that's it for the weekend review. You guys can join us here tonight, 617-779-7937. We have Grab Bag on the way. But right now, let's get to trending. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say W-E-E-I is a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on W-E-E-I. Back here on the Rich Keep Show, WEEI on this Friday night. Hopefully, you got some nice uh, weekend plans ahead of you. The uh, Red Sox have weekend plans. That would be the big winter weekend going on right now. And it, uh, I don't get grab back coming up, but it hasn't been going great. There's been, I've just been reading on Twitter, so I haven't, I haven't seen it, but just the reports that are uh, on Twitter, a lot of boo. The boo birds are out once again, just like last year. And uh, Tom Warner, who I think kind of 
set this whole thing down a path that uh, made it even even worse was the full throttle comments because this has not been a good offseason. And Tom Warner said they were going to be full throttle a while ago. And all they've done is sign Lucas Giolito to a one-year deal and watched a bunch of other players go to other places. And so earlier tonight, here was Tom Warner talking about the full throttle comment. For me personally, full throttle is that I approach every year um, expecting for us to be competitive and using all the levers at... uh, at Craig's disposal, and that could be acquiring talent through trades, free agency, uh, building a core, having a stronger pitching staff, um, having a a stronger coaching staff. I mean, we weren't good enough defensively last year, so when I was saying full throttle and I admitted that it probably wasn't the most artful uh, words, um, that also applies to my own life. And we are accountable to our fans. Uh, We're not happy, as Sam said, for our performance last year, and we expect to be better this year. He's doubling down on the levers thing because he made a comment to Sean McAdam this week about what he meant was like levers. I don't know. You said full throttle. We all knew. We all took that to mean you were all in on the off season, and it was going to be a big off season. You were going to acquire some players. You're going to do whatever you could to not be in last place. And I don't feel like that's been the case. And so Craig Breslow is getting booed a lot. Like it is sort of a tough spot for him in to, to be in, admittedly, because I don't think he's allowed to spend money. So what do you want him to do? Team hasn't even played a game yet. Let's see. My, my one problem I do have with uh, Breslow is when he did his interview earlier in the week with Pete Abraham and he was talking about the team and, you know, is the team and the ownership still committed to assembling a World Series team? And... Or, or to be competitive at the highest level, I think might have been like the question or whatever it was. And he's like, yeah, but then he got into developing players and the draft and how important it was for Mayor Anthony and Teal to be really good. And you're like, well, those guys are all playing for Portland. So, yeah, that's great. And I hope that the, all those guys are really good at some point, but they're not even going to play most likely at the major league level this season. And those are the only guys he named in that response. So it just seems like you're one of these teams now that stinks for a bunch of years, get some good draft picks, and then you wait and develop those guys. Now, who knows? Maybe in five years from now, we'll look back on it and be like, oh, they're kind of like the Astros now. Like, now they're, they're good every single year. Maybe. Maybe. But all I know is Boston should be one of the five highest payrolls every year. They should be competitive every year. doesn't mean you're going to win the whole thing every year. But you shouldn't be having these dud trade deadlines like you had the last couple of years and then really not a player in the off season. It's frustrating. We haven't talked about it a lot recently. I guess we did with the uh, Breslow intro, uh, intro press conference and the Breslow follow-up interviews that he's done. But winter weekend is here. Uh, again, WEI will have full coverage tomorrow from 10 to 4. So if you're curious, you want to see what the vibe is like down in Springfield, uh, for sure tune in to see – see what is going on, but I don't know. I don't know how much the roster is going to change at this point between now and, you know, spring training and, and, you know, opening day. But right now it's hard to be really optimistic. All right. With all that said, let's get to this. It's time for right normally we do this around 9 20 during the week but on friday at least during football season we're off at nine so we'll do it now 
the Boston Celtics have a four-point lead over the Denver Nuggets with five minutes to play in the second quarter. Uh, 48-44, Porzingis leading the way with 15. Tatum has a dozen. Jokic has 15. Jamal Murray has a dozen on the other side. So it's the two main guys for Denver going. Uh, Jalen Brown, one of these nights, looks like. He's two of eight from the floor for four points. But this legitimately could be a finals preview. We could be seeing Denver again in uh, several months back here at the TD Garden because I know they are the third best record in the West, but if you're looking at the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Oklahoma City Thunder, both really good. I mean, the Oklahoma City Thunder are so young, it's crazy. They're like the wide receivers for the Packers. They, they have such a young team, and they're good, but I just feel like seven-game series, if Jokic and Murray specifically are healthy, and then you got Porter and Gordon, they just did it last year. I could see Denver winning it again. So it's fun to watch that. I mean, Jokic has won a couple MVPs. He really, truly is one of the best players of the last couple of decades. Like, he's nasty. Uh, and also, the Celtics are 20-0 at home, which is pretty staggering. So 32-9 and overall, but 20-0 and at home. And so this is one of their tougher competition, uh, tougher matchups they'll get all year. Although Denver, really good at home, too. They're only one game over 500 on the road. But still, I mean, it's... It's that starting lineup that just won the title a year ago. So this still is as tough a test as the Red Sox are. I'm sorry, the Red Sox, as the Celtics are going to get. And here comes the grab bag. Grab, grab bag, 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 grab, grab bag. I got Red Sox on the mind now. This is the winter weekend starting to, starting to get to me. How about this? On this day in sports history, 22 years ago to the night was the Patriots-Raiders Snow Bowl, the old tuck rule game, or as I like to call it, the Jermaine Wiggins game, 22 years. So where were you 22 years ago? Allow me to tell you where I was 22 years ago. Uh, just We had just, we being the uh, St. Paul's basketball team, had just defeated St. Mark's, Bragg, and we were on the bus home, and one of my buddies on the team, shout out to uh, Trunce, he had... He had like a Walkman or something that had the, because this is O2, right? We didn't have the great technology that everybody has today. So this is O2, and he had like basically the radio or whatever, and he was the only one. We're on the bus as the game was being played, and I'll never, I'll remember this like like uh, like it was yesterday. So I'm sitting down on the bus. He was standing up because he had better reception. So he's standing up in the middle, and he's driving back, and it's not loud enough to like, especially on a bus, for everybody to hear it. So he was basically giving us play-by-play the best he could. So we knew what the score was, and it was late and all this stuff. And then I remember him being like, Brady fumbled, and everybody on the team was like, forget it, and like we're all like, whatever. He still listened to it. He's like, no, 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 wait a minute. They're looking at it. They're looking at it. Nope, they overturned it. And it was like a shot in the arm. And then so we were still in the bus, I think, when they kicked the uh, – when Vinatieri kicked the tying field goal, and then we just got back to school – uh, prep school, another brag, and uh, got off the bus in time for overtime and the game-winning field goal. It was insane. But, yeah, it was 22 years ago. I know Tom Brady posted about it on Instagram. Like, how the hell could that be 22 years ago? I also think that was, I mean, one of the great sports what-ifs of all time. Like, if they lose that game, if that's actually ruled a fumble, does Drew Bledsoe come back the next year and take Tom Brady's spot? Who knows? 
how much longer does Bill Belichick have? In all honesty, because there were rumors even back then that after a five and eleven first start uh, or first season for Bill, then if they lose in the wild card round, and then in 0-2, they missed the playoffs. They were nine and seven. I mean, who knows what what Robert Kraft would have done? Um, and like, what would happen with that Raiders team? Because they went to the Super Bowl the the next year. They were a really good team, but yeah, there's just a lot in there. But I think. The snowball or tuck rule game, whatever you want to call it, the Wiggy game. Another what if? Would Wiggy be doing uh, morning radio on WEI had he not had ten catches in the snow game? Who knows? We'll we'll never know. But I think that was one of the first games that really jumped out as Bill Belichick is a genius, and it was early. But you got to go back again. It's twenty two years ago. You didn't have all this winning. You had his time as like his mixed bag time in Cleveland. Then five and eleven in uh, two thousand. Then in 0-1, they get into the playoffs. But it was the Tuck Rule game. They win the Tuck Rule game, and it was oh, Bill knew the rule. Bill knows the rules. Like <laughs> as simple as that. Bill knows the rules. All the coaches in the league don't know the rules. Our coach knows the rules, and that was a big thing. And then they went from winning that crazy close game, and then they beat Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh was a wagon that year. And then you beat the greatest show on turf. Talk about an ult- the ultimate wagon. I mean, that team was nasty, and he beat them. So it was those three games. It was like him knowing the rules. Him, uh, he had that whole story of like Pittsburgh had like a parade route. Wasn't that one? Was that the game or was that Philly? Either way, there was something with the Pittsburgh game. And then, you know, just getting so physical with Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt and Marshall Falk. Like, that was incredible. Like, what a run. Man, anyway, I got a little sidetracked there. But that was 22 years ago was the, the snowball. Kind of uh, hard to wrap your head around. Grab bag. All right, last night for the Bruins, hat trick for David Posternock, who continues to uh, bolster his MVP candidacy, I would say, especially against a really good Colorado team that is two of the best players in the league in their own right. And uh, tomorrow, the Bees will host the Montreal Canadiens. The Bees just... (laughs) Continue to do it. And even when they go on these like little mini slumps, like was it last week? They go on a little mini slump, but it was all overtime and shootout losses. So they're still racking up points. So here we are, January 19th. The Bruins have the best record in hockey. It's crazy. I thought they were going to be a playoff team, but I didn't think they would be like this. No Bergeron, no Krejci, who were their two best centers a year ago. Like, oh, they're not going to be able to do that again. Turns out they are going to be able to. Oh, I shouldn't say you know, record-breaking regular season, but they have the best record in hockey. It's it's pretty crazy. I mean, the goaltending's been really good, and then Pasternak has been on another level. You have been defeated by the grab bag. You know, you got to keep your head on a swivel during grab bags. We will take phone calls as well. Let's go to Nick in Boston on Mayo and Kraft. Nick, what do you have? Hi. Hi. I have, you know, there's something that kept bothering me when I hear that press conference. I what? what? What's bothering you? When, when Mayo's calling Kraft Thunder, aside from the absurdity of it, I'm thinking this is just too too weird. And now I, I, I realize what it is. I keep thinking of the movie Ted. So I'm going to call these guys the Thunder Buddies from now on. Yes. I'll just tell you. Definitely. I can imagine the, I can imagine the song from the movie Ted, the Thunder Buddies one. And uh, I would just tell Gerard Mayo, Gerard, uh, wear a wire with every conversation you have with Bob Kraft because 
he's going to throw you overboard so fast your head will spin when the time is right. So be careful of uh, um, Thunder. You know, how much of a buddy do you think he is? <laughs> I'll tell you, the Thunder so Buddies thing, thanks for the call, Nick. Thunder Buddies is, yeah, that's what they are. They are, they are the Thunder Buddies. I don't know if he's going to, like, uh, ease up on that or if he's just going to double and triple down on it and it's just going to be Thunder this entire run. See, I go the other way, and I know uh, Hart, we were talking about this a lot last night. We were saying over under three and a half years for Gerard Mayo. And I'm like, I'm going over. Like, I think Kraft loves this guy. He made a big point to talk about how they don't hire a lot of head coaches in his time here. Made a big deal to talk about how they love to promote from within and all that and the private company thing and all that. And if Gerard Mayo is not in charge of player personnel, which I don't think he will be, if he's the head coach of the team, I think they'll be able to make excuses for him. They'll be like, hey, you took over a four-win team. What would you expect? Hey, the draft pick didn't work. Not his fault. Hey, the offense wasn't great. Not his fault. The defense probably will be decent. I mean, that's where the majority of their good players are, and that's where you still have you still have Gerard Mayo, who's you know kind of co-running that defense. So I personally think he's going to be here a while, but we shall see. Like we got to we got to see just how how uh, how bad it gets. I I guess. Grab bag. All right, let's go to Tim in Nashua. He joins us next on the Rich Keefe Show. What's up, Tim? Rich, yeah. in the draft, yeah. do you go for it all, take Harrison and Bo Nix and win-win, or you're against that? I'm pro that. That is my plan. Oh, Tim, that was a quick that was a quick hit, and then he's out. That's my plan. That's what I want. I think Fitzy actually wants that as well. That's kind of in the minority. Everybody else says take the quarterback Take Jaden Daniels if he's there. There's so much time between now and the draft that that could even change, meaning Washington might take Jaden Daniels. And then do the Patriots take Drake May? Like, there could be a a change. Because usually if you kind of follow all this stuff, whatever the mock draft says in January is not what the mock draft is in April. And then obviously the real draft in April. There's always a big change. I remember uh, Baker Mayfield with the – he was going to be playing this weekend with Tampa Bay, but when he was the number one pick by Cleveland, he was not the number one pick going into like in January. We could probably find that, but yeah, there's archives with that. But I want to say Sam Darnold was the projected number one pick. Then maybe Josh Rosen was, maybe for a hot second Josh Allen. Like it was a lot of. It wasn't Baker Mayfield though. And then as he got closer and closer to the draft, it was like, oh, the Browns really like Mayfield. Then boom, Baker Mayfield's number one guy. So. I do think Caleb Williams will be the number one pick, but Jaden Daniels went from like a second round or late first round to the obvious number three pick. So he could jump up to two, but I, I like Bo Nix more than most. A lot of people are like, oh, he's old and he sucks. I'm like, oh, I think he's decent. Well, I'm better than decent. I think he's good. I think he's a, I think he's a good quarterback. And I know Oregon's had quarterbacks there that have had success, but they're not all bums. Like Justin Herbert's good. And if you applied that same logic, you wouldn't have taken C.J. Stroud because all of the Ohio State quarterbacks were bums in the, in the pros. They were all bums. And then C.J. Stroud is still playing in the playoffs as a rookie. So you can't just go with that, even though I do I do sometimes apply that logic. Like when the Patriots drafted Tyquan Thornton, I was like, oh, good, another Baylor wide receiver who are all bad. But, uh, no, I think I, I like Knicks more than most, so I'm good with that plan. Grab bag. Here's another college football story. This one I find wild. So Miami tight end Cam 
McCormick has been granted a ninth year of eligibility. You heard me right. He's going to be in college for a ninth year. So Tua's brother just got denied his sixth year of eligibility. It seems like you're kind of at least tacking on one with COVID. Like that threw a a big uh, curveball at everybody. But this guy just got approved for a ninth year. So he, uh, I guess, started at Oregon. And it was kind of funny in the article I was reading. He was in the same signing class that Oregon had as Justin Herbert, who's now been in the NFL for multiple years. And he was in the same classes like Nick Bosa and Jalen Hurts. But so there was the COVID year. He's also had multiple injuries. So this is what it says about McCormick. He began his career in 2016. He missed significant parts of four different seasons due to injury, which along with his red shirt year and the COVID year of 2020 allowed him to petition the NCAA for an unprecedented ninth year of eligibility. So on the one hand, I would say, Hey bud, that's a good work ethic you have there. You're sticking with something that you love. On the other hand, probably wasn't meant to be. You gave it a go. If you're getting hurt every single year, that's a lot of that's a lot of kicks at the can. But if he's getting a scholarship this whole time, I mean, was he like a double doctor? He's got to be at least maybe one doctor. Maybe you take a year off, a couple semesters off. He should be a doctor. It should be Doctor Cam McCormick. Because if you're there, you got to take classes. They're not going to let you just be there, right? You got to take you got to do something. He could probably get his master's four years ago. So I don't know. I guess he still wants to play in the NFL. I truly don't know how good of a player he is, like if it's just an injury thing. But dude, nine years. Now, he's still younger. I guess he's only, is he 25? That can't be right. That's what it says here. Uh, I do the math on that. Yeah, I guess maybe if he was like really young, if he was like a 17-year-old when he came in, I guess that's possible. I know it's only eight, but maybe he's 26 soon. I don't know. I don't know when his birthday is. But nine years is too much. But guys like Chris Wanky and Brandon Whedon were still older college players. But, I mean, jeez. I, I feel like I, uh, I feel like enough's enough. That's how I would go with it. What's your favorite? Grab bag. Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Ravens tight end Mark Andrews will not play this weekend. He's been dealing with an ankle injury. He's been out for the last six games. However, if the Ravens make the AFC championship game, it sounds like there's a chance he could play in that one. Grab bag. Oh, I hate to double up on him. Grab bag. There we go. That's better. Uh, Josh Hader, the all-star closer, signed with the Houston Astros five years, $95 million. So the Houston Astros, who have been just an absolute wagon, go out there and spend big money, but they bring in Josh Hader, who has been filthy, big strikeout guy, whether it was with Milwaukee, then he went to uh, San Diego, but the Houston Astros uh, are no joke. And I read this earlier today, too, and it kind of caught me off guard. The Houston Astros have been in at least the ALCS for seven straight years. That's crazy. So they won the World Series in 17, whether they cheated or not. They won the World Series in 17. Then they lost the Red Sox in 18. Then they lost the World Series in 19, lost in the ALCS in 20, lost in the World Series in 21, won the World Series in 22, and then lost the ALCS in seven games last year. That is a ridiculous run. 
And they just went out and added uh, an all-star closer. So I guess uh, good for them, you could say. Uh, yeah, which one of you guys ordered the grab bag? And lastly, uh, two Dork podcasts out this week. One was just on the uh, the Dork News, uh, and the other was on the Disney Plus Marvel show Echo. So you can check those out on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And then this week, we're going to record them on Sunday, then release them Monday and Tuesday. Davey and I are going to talk Fargo Season 5, and then we're going to preview all of the important TV shows coming out in 2024. So, uh Jump in on that. It's at Dork Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, so follow along there. All right, that to me was a very another uh, another successful edition of What is that smell? Oh, that's right, grab bag. All right, we will wrap up this show, then hand things off to Boomer Esiason coming up next year on Weei. You can watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston Weei and check out Weei on YouTube for our video on demand content updated daily. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on Weei. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show, Weei. Boomer Esiason's NFL show comes your way at 9 o'clock tonight. So, uh, Boomer, on for an hour uh, through football season. And then once football is over after the Super Bowl, we'll be back to uh, till 10 o'clock on Fridays. But uh, Mike Cadlick just tweeted out, our guy from WEI.com, he had an updated list of reported Patriots coordinator interviews and requests. And including DeMarcus Covington of the Patriots, there's a list of four total defensive coordinators that they're requesting to interview two special teams coordinators and zero offensive coordinators. Now I know that situation is a little bit different, but they had to know Bill O'Brien was leaving. Bill O'Brien left last night. At least that's when the reports came out. So I don't think Robert Kraft and Gerard Mayo found out about that on, on uh, Twitter. Now, whether they pushed him out or Bill O'Brien just simply saw the writing on the wall, it doesn't really matter. He's gone. And so that's that's what I'm most interested in. Like the special teams coordinator, fine. The defensive coordinator, uh, it's important, but you still got Gerard Mayo here, and we'll see what, what the holdovers are for, for defense. But offense is far and away the most important thing. So who's it going to be? Hopefully it'll be somebody from uh, outside. We know it's not O'Brien. And I don't know about Josh McDaniels because the other thing, Despite Bill Belichick having two interviews with the Atlanta Falcons, there was a report earlier today from Jonathan Jones of NFL or CBS. And he was saying that Mike Vrabel is going to interview next week with the Falcons. I'm like, well, if they're so dead set on Bill Belichick, why go through the interview with Mike Vrabel? Multiple interviews with Belichick. One was just a one-on-one with Arthur Blank. The other one was with, you know, everybody else that's in the organization, all the higher-ups. And now you're like, well, let's see what Mike Vrabel has to say. I don't know. like if Because if that thing breaks down, where's Bill going to go? Is Bill going to be out? Does he have uh, any other options? None of the other teams jump out. The other available, the other, because it looks like Antonio Pierce is going to the Raiders, or staying with the Raiders. So Titans, Chargers, Commanders, Falcons, Panthers, Seahawks. It's been crickets with anybody else uh, in Bill Belichick. 
Now, there was also the Mike Florio report that Andy Reid could retire at the end of the year. Maybe he goes out on a high note. Maybe the Chiefs win one more Super Bowl, and Andy Reid's like, uh, enough is enough. But would the Chiefs hire Belichick? Maybe. I don't know. So it just seems like uh, it's Falcons are bust right now for uh, for Bill Belichick. The other story for the weekend is, uh, in fact, winter weekend for the Boston Red Sox as it's going on in Springfield right now. We will have a ton of coverage down there on WEI from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. See if the crowd is a little less angry because they were hot tonight. They were hot at Tom Warner and Craig Breslow and Sam Kennedy. They were mad. And we'll see if that turns around. Also this weekend, full uh, NFL slate. These games on WEI as well. Divisional round. Enjoy all the games. Have a great rest of your Friday night. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for listening this week. If you missed any of the show, check out the podcast, The Rich Keefe Show, on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Stiz and Nico for producing tonight. That'll do it for me. Like I said, have a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday night at 6.